Welcome to another beautiful edition of the Mondo Solution with your co-hosts, Jordan McDonald and Brandon Wood. What's happening, everybody? How are you? It's going on. What a beautiful day we have here and what a wonderful opportunity to share with you our next topic, which is yes. color psychology as yes. it pertains to marketing and Brandon's branding or branding in general. Brandon's branding. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a very complex and nuanced discussion that I'm not ready to have. <laughs> yeah, neither is my psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, have I can't one afford that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on here, right, my friend? It's uh, when when a company, when an entity decides how they want to present themselves to the world at large. There's a lot to think about. What kind of shapes do they want their logo to embody? What kind of colors, as we're going to talk about today? How do they want themselves to be portrayed at a glance? Not through necessarily walls of words, <laughs> um, if that's the right expression. It is. Uh, and, and I like it. How do we break through? Uh, and yeah, so there's a lot of thought. There's a ton of money that goes into this for any specific large company or all companies together. Uh, and there's a lot that has to be parsed to do it in a meaningful way. Yeah. It, you know, the, it, like to your point, I mean, there's a bit of kind of find following actual psychology. And then there's a lot of testing, right? So we talk about A-B testing in marketing a lot. And and one of those things that people test is colors and shapes and things like this. Because if you dial in, if you really nail a good color scheme, that will stick with people regardless of if your logo is present or not. So for instance, uh, the McDonald's logo, there's actually, I'll try to find this one thing, the McDonald's logo. If you see that color red combined with that color of yellow, which is kind of yellow with a little bit of orange in it, right? You don't have to know what else it is. All you see, you see that and you go, oh, that's McDonald's. You understand that because you're an American and you probably eat there too much. <laughs> but, but even when, by the way, I'm going to use this as a clever segue. When we were developing the branding for the Mondo Solution podcast, which you can subscribe to, on your favorite podcast reader, whether that's Apple iTunes for the three of you that do that or Apple podcast or Spotify or overcast and all that stuff. You'll look at the logo for the Mondo solution and putting that out there. What does that look like? Is it dark? Is it light? Does it use a, this color? We went with a gradient, right? So, or there's a bit of gradient in it and gradients are very popular right now. But even if you're using something like a gradient, what are those foundational colors that you can always come back to? And so I really wanted to talk about that because there's so much psychology that goes into it, even on an elemental. And when I say elemental, I'm, I, I think I mean instinctual level. There's this part of our brains that goes, oh, I like that color. And certain colors strike different people differently. And so there's so much to be said in that, that I think that diving into that as it pertains to branding, even small to medium businesses, not these fortune 10, which arguably like Walmart is a fortune 10, um, that, that is worth taking into consideration because man, I got to tell you, I see some logos a bit, God love them. Hey, do your thing. And I am certainly no graphic designer, but that are like, Oh, isn't it a pretty picture? And I go, yeah, dude, but no one cares. <laughs> it, it's, you know, we talked about it. Actually, you and I've talked about this before the OG Apple computer logo which was like this um it looked like who's the guy that created the wood carvings uh dirt dirt dir, is a d begins with a d i'm telling you it's not daguerreotype because that's a type of photo but but it's like this wood carving of like sir isaac newton sitting under a tree yeah 
with like the apple fall and it's so dumb if from a branding perspective because no one can draw it and now with it then they went to the apple with the bite out of it that was all rainbowy mm-hmm. and now it's just a gray apple or what or black or whatever it's just a plain apple with a bite out of it unless it was the anniversary of steve jobs death when it's the bite is steve jobs face or something like that so <laughs> But but finding the way that peop- that brands are impacted and able to be recognized quickly doesn't just fall to a shape. It falls to a color. Um, so standing out and, or color combination. So standing out is one of the most impactful things that I think can be done in terms of branding and marketing. Yeah, well said. And I wanted to bring up a conversation to immediately table it so mm-hmm. that we don't get segwayed. Perfect. Uh, but I, I think there is a lot of words to be said around the notion of, as we talked about with that Apple logo, as we talked about previously about the Starbucks logo, it's the, so many X number of logos start very ornate, very detailed. Yes. Uh, and then in like the case of Starbucks, it's like, it just zooms in every five years to like a smaller part of the original logo. Uh, yeah. And I think the gist that I'm getting at that I'm going to immediately table Unless, unless we want to talk about oh, it. Oh, you're fine. Is, um, I, I, it seems to be this, this magnetic draw towards the, I don't want to say oversimplification, but it almost is. The, the simplification, the dumbing down uh, of logos uh, until ultimately, you know, these companies are just going to be known as a color, potentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's only so many colors, so <laughs> it's not sustainable. Yes. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I I am not familiar with any recent notable company that has a super detailed ornamental, you know, ornate is the word I was looking for, ornate, you know, complex logo. It's just, I think those days are behind us. Yeah. I mean, even, well, I, I mean, one could, one could argue that Coca-Cola being that is written in this strange form of hieroglyphics called cursive <laughs> um, that kids don't know how to use anymore. Um, one could argue that that's pretty, pretty ornate. I mean, it's a pretty straight up cursive and Ford does the same thing, but yeah, you're right. There's there, even in the elegance of the writing and the script itself, there's still something of a simplicity because I don't know. I, I part of me once wonders if there's a bit of a dumbing down of us and trying to appeal to our base natures by having these things that don't get particularly complex. And there's something to be said for that. I mean, even when we look at the way that, and I, I, I think there's a corollary between this and color, even when we look at a URL and somebody's buying a website and they're like, you know, I know people they are like, oh, I got a great, I got a great um, URL. It's going to be awesome. It's Jordan McDonald podcast host and podcast is with a P-O-D-C-A- CHT at the end of something stupid <laughs> and they're like oh everyone's gonna know what that is and it's like no they won't even when you look at something like Google it's two syllables there's really only one way to spell it I guess you could put GEL and I'm betting they own that too Yahoo how do you how do you spell that and, and there's a simplicity in those things not getting beyond itself and the same I think the same applies to colors and to uh, branding you know keeping it simple so that it's it's recognizable in a blink. I had a graphic designer one time tell me, cause I don't like, I know Photoshop well enough to be dangerous and like illustrator and all those things. And he told me, and he's a pro, he goes, 
if you want to see if something is going to be an impactful design, whether it's a logo or a photo or whatever, step back 10 feet and squint at it so that it blurs out. Can you recognize what that is? Can you recognize the branding of that thing with those parameters? And if you can't, then no, it's not great branding. But if you can, you can squint and it kind of blurs out and you go, oh, that's still the Coca-Cola logo to Ford logo or whatever, then you're good. You know, just, I thought it was an interesting little tip and trick. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. So with all this in mind, uh, today we're going to be, uh, we're going to be using a HubSpot article that speaks towards the, uh, directly at color psychology. And I figured we would share uh, bits and pieces of it. Uh, Maybe we could alternate a few of these sections uh, and tie in a few other ancillary sources as well as we go through it. So for all of those of you that are watching, I will now share this window that I have. Oh, and you can also subscribe on YouTube. People that want to watch, please do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, please. And if you're already subscribed on YouTube or you're just finding this because you searched on YouTube for devastatingly handsome and brilliant marketing (laughs) podcast and you clearly found us, then make sure that you subscribe and click the notification bell so you see that ahead of time and share with your friends. Also your mom. (laughs) Definitely your mom. Definitely. Definitely your mom. (laughs) (laughs) So this is called Color Psychology, How to Use It in Marketing and Branding. Uh, Yes, it was created last year in august yes uh, and yes and this this image if you <laughs> image they have as the hero is just classic it's uh yeah it looks like it's a guy contemplating with a paintbrush as uh yeah uh, ink is pouring off of it his face has been <laughs> marred <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> yeah he's, he's a bit disfigured there uh I, all i can say is what do i feel when i see this hero image intrigued indeed <laughs> somebody had a lot of fun with this <laughs> or their kids did <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. so yeah there's a lot of metaverse conversation in this in this but i'll just go ahead with it since it is the opener yeah close your eyes and imagine that you're in the metaverse and i don't necessarily think they mean facebook's metaverse but How dare the you? general metaverse what do you see Maybe the virtual landscape around you is painted with galactic blues, dusky purples, and futuristic black hues. Although the metaverse and Web3 mark a new bold frontier for the digital world, this color palette feels familiar. People associate blue with openness, purple with imagination, and black with mystery. That's why Brandon is wearing a black that's right. I'm very mysterious. <laughs> Watch out. I don't know why that reminded me of... Um, Wayne's World? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that what that... Yes. A powerful marketing tool, color psychology can influence 85% of customers purchasing decisions. That's why Pantone, known for its color matching and color standard systems, teamed up with Web3 VC Studio S-Labs or Slabs, to create color palettes for the metaverse. But color psychology has long had a place in traditional marketing. For example, merchandisers use different colors to trigger emotions needed to get customers to buy. It can also be used in personal branding. For instance, do you want your online presence to convey trust or authority? Color is one way to help craft that image. Yeah, I just want to say before we 
move on here. It's so interesting, you know, at, at the get-go here, they're saying um, people associate blue with openness, purple with imagination, black with mystery. And as I looked around uh, the web, asking it color associations with feelings, it's <laughs> some of them agree, but there are some that just t totally don't, right? Like blue, they say openness. I found blue is really strong with correlation with trust. Purple, mm. they're saying imagination. I've my research has shown that people associate purple with um, like luxury, uh, you know, like a, like the royal purple yep. that was made from however many clams or however that worked back then. Black <laughs> associated with mystery, but I've seen black as uh, also being associated with luxury. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, I mean, there's a... <laughs> well, I wonder how much of that... So and the, an association isn't necessarily, though, a psychological correlation, right? Um, because uh, there's got to be an evolution, right? So at certain times, the, the uh, darker color like purple could mean, I don't know, more mystical or something like that, kind of a magical color. Um, I wonder, but, but then you look at, like you're saying, you get into kind of more regal colors where you have this very deep purple and all these colors. I think the, the basis of those, of that perception at the time, I think was based around acquiring of those colors or acquisition of those colors was they were very rare. And so to make those colors, therefore this. So is that psychology or does that perception shape psychology? And that's a wonderful question. I will say I've pulled up the definition of psychology. Oh, snap. The study of <laughs> <Since> psychos. <laughs> as a marketing agency, we care the most about things that are factual. Mm -hmm. Nothing creative. We got to get straight down. <laughs> Nothing. Psychology. The scientific study of the human mind and its functions, especially those affecting behavior in a given context. So human mind and its functions especially those affecting behavior. So what would it be then if, because I, th yeah, I mean, I guess it's just the, the way that I look at psychology is it's kind of the 30,000 foot, even if you go more granular, granular, the 30,000 foot view, the reactive view of behavior. So you're looking at it from here to define what affects it here. So you're looking, you're going, well, people seem to, when they see this color over here, they seem to trust more. I don't know how you determine that, but they seem to trust more. How, why? And then the marketing or branding or whatever it is, is catered behind that. And 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 I wonder if, if there's, I guess this is more of a ponderance than kind of a, a, a statement, but I wonder how much of those colorful elements which we as humans react to on a psychological basis are founded in evolutionary biology. So we see, I'll give you for instance, my dog. We have two dogs. We have a puppy, sort of. She's seven months old now. And I could take this, she's never seen a snake, but I took this um, length of like tubing you know, kind of like uh, half inch tubing, like stretch cord stuff. And I laid it on the floor and she went and sniffed at it and I blew through it because it's a tube and she acted like it was a snake. Like she ran away. She's never seen a snake, but the behavior, the shape and the action of the animal told her danger 
Will Robinson. Although we stopped <laughs> calling her Will Robinson, now we call her Sadie. She identifies as Sadie. <laughs> yeah. So we, <laughs> we, but but that's the thing, right? And so when you, as a human, if you ever, if you've never seen a rattlesnake, um, and you see one for the first time, and you hear that rattle, dude. I don't care if you're like, what's that sound? You will be like, that's a rattlesnake. <laughs> you will know because your brain, like on a lizard brain, no pun intended, level, will be like, that thing is going to kill you. So I wonder how much, when we talk about psychology of these things, how much of it is truly ingrained in our being on a, on a whether it's mitochondrial or DNA level, or how much of it is learned, or, or is it just kind of a combination of both? Yeah, you're you're touching into this nature nurture aspect. Yes, right. Are we yeah. programmed from from uh, you know from the instance our cells started dividing, or was it something cognitively uh, developed? Whether that be subconscious or conscious or hybrid. Um, yeah, I, I have to imagine, you know, I'm going to be in camp hybrid. There you, know you go. I, mean? I think so, too. I think that one informs the other. I th- I th- know for a fact, right, each, I know we're talking about humans here. What a dull mm. topic. But, uh, mm. <laughs> right, like, even between humans, obviously, we see, when you think of light, we see a very specific window, a yep. specific range of the total visible light um, that's out there, right? And my understanding is that we are, our eyes on average as a species are more sensitive to, to red uh, than they are to other colors. I I think I have that right. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, yeah. But, but we're not all to the same. I can speak for myself, right? If one of my eyes sees the world like, like with rose tinted glasses and the Mm -hmm. other one like sees it slightly cooler, um, which is, uh, of course, I don't go <laughs> walking around like just only viewing the world with with one eye or the other. You just run into uh, telephone poles and stuff because your depth <laughs> reception sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I definitely don't drive like that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'll caveat it right now, but it makes you wonder if there's, <clears throat> you know, if I experience a disparity between color perception uh, in my own eyes. How could that possibly influence my psychology or? Mm-hmm. And I, I think I know I'm there's a lot of there's a lot of concepts here and a lot of thoughts here. And I also know that people are uh, I think there's an eye dominance, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just like we some people are ambidextrous with their hands or their feet when they're playing sports or when they're writing. Uh, my understanding is that there's also a propensity for an individual to to like use or yeah. get closer to things, even if it's a slight shift of the head a few degrees uh, one eye over the other. Yeah. yeah. Well, in terms of eye dominance, I know that for me, so if I'm firing a gun, like through a scope or even iron sights, um, typically speaking, my left eye, even though I'm right-handed and right foot, tid. <laughs> Brandon um, has a right foot, everybody. <laughs> yes. It's a follow-up sequel to my left foot, Daniel D. Lewis. <laughs> um but my left eye is dominant in terms of aiming and things like that. Now I don't I don't know in terms of light perception and what have you, but yeah, it's and, and I wonder how these things affect how will these things affect somebody who would be colorblind because light or 
Color is nothing more than the wavelength at which light is reflected back at you. And so it can't just be all about eyesight. It has to be about like mm. the light being reflected on your skin. I mean, we know this, right? So we have like infrared saunas or things like this, which is using infrared light to, to, to do whatever the anti-inflammatory responses that they do. I, so I wonder if there's a difference in that for people who are colorblind. It'd be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's a good question. I think at some uh, small level, well, depending depending on the source of the light radiation, uh, yeah. right? Uh, I think all light, in a in a probably just a, a microscopic level, imparts upon whatever it touches an energy, a mm -hmm. a quantifiable amount of energy. That's not to say that. You know, looking at, of course, when you're out in the sun, your skin's going to warm up, right? That's that's radiation. It's ionizing radiation, um, <clears throat> which is different from the the 5G cell towers that are non-ionizing, right? Sure. I guess if you get close enough to anything that's emitting a large amount of radiation, it's probably going to burn you. <laughs> Move <laughs> but, away. Uh, yeah. Like, don't, yeah. Why are you there anyway? <laughs> Marie Curie's tomb is still glowing. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Did you know that? No, no. You know who Marie Curie is? Uh, hold on. This I feel like this is related to uh, science, right? She was a one of the first female scientists that did epic things. Yeah. Plans. So, for those people just tuning in, we never take sidebars. <laughs> <laughs> this is science, dang it. Marie Curie. I want to say she was one of the pe first people to kind of. I don't want to say discover radiation because I'm sure the people that dug up uranium before and died <laughs> discovered like, wow. it pretty quick. They're like, this shit is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Pioneering research on radioactivity. Yes, exactly. So she and her husband, Pierre Curie, um, pioneered a lot of work in that space. And she, she, you can actually see kind of, um, they're some of the first x-rays, right? But what's interesting is her, she obviously died ultimately of illness uh, as a byproduct of radioactive or radiation poisoning. But her tomb today is still like hyper radioactive. And she's buried in like a lead coffin. You can look yeah. it up. True yeah. story. By the way, that woodcut guy that I couldn't remember earlier is yeah. Albrecht Durer. Sorry. There was a D in there somewhere. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. So she's radioactive. I don't know what the point of that was. Well, How was did she, we get there? I mean, it's a great question. Uh, she passed away in 1934. So for that to still be radioactive, what was she doing? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Well, how did we get here? Well, we were talking about really there's a subjectivity. Oh, radiation of light. And yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, radiation. I was thinking at some, you know, minute level, whatever. You're looking at that Coca-Cola sign that's lit up, and red is washing over your body, and maybe that imparts a, you know, a, a small amount more energy, and heats up your skin a tiny amount more than looking at the Walmart logo that's shining blue. Yeah, right, and and. I mean, yes, I think we're talking at, we're talking about, you know, almost negligible levels, depending on the sign and how close you are sure. to it. Uh, but right, you could be watching an ad on your, on your 8K TV that's casting, you know, 20,000 lumens at you, yep. right? Like, th yes, there's one, there's the conscious level of us seeing that ad working through those, those uh, like nurtured processes subconsciously about how that color makes us feel our associations with that color over time. But then there's also that, as you're alluding to, there's that, there's that, there's a deeper, uh, 
a deeper molecular scientific level of mm -hmm. how is this color actually like imprinting my body? Yeah. Not just the eyes, not just the organ of the eyes. Yeah. But it's so interesting. There's a lot here. I think we could do multiple uh, episodes. On yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the psychology, we've, we've done episodes on psychology before, right? But like the psychology behind so many of these things are essentially marketing, whether it's creative agencies or agencies themselves taking empirical evidence and kind of like learned data from things like this and then applying it to be persuasive in terms of buying something or at least recognizing. And that's a separate conversation, by the way, because there's a huge conversation to be had around not being around branding so that when you need X, the first thing that comes to mind is that thing, you know, because a lot of people might go, who has the best French fries? And you're going to automatically, a lot of people are automatically going to go, well, McDonald's. Okay. But I haven't been to McDonald's in years, like apart from breakfast on like a at the airport or something like that, because I'd never eat anything other than breakfast at McDonald's. But like, you still go, oh, McDonald's fries. You know, you still know these things because it's ingrained in you. And so that psychology, I think that's what we're kind of talking about and playing into, not just how it affects you in the moment, but how it resides in your memory. And And there's, I mean, there's a whole, we could do a separate episode altogether on olfactory, um, memory, like the psychology of smells. And when you go to a specific place and you're like bazooka Joe bubblegum after it breaks your jaw, <laughs> uh, you don't ever forget that. Like big league chew. I love that man, because I used to have that when I was, you know, 10 or whatever and playing little league. So just saying there's a lot there. It's awesome. Yeah, anyway, F I digress. I'll yes. shout now. I, I, no, you're fine. We will dive into this article now. I yes, will. Let's I just want to say absolutely the olfactory thing. That is, I, my understanding is that's probably the most powerful yeah. organ that we have for, um, that directly correlates to creating memories. That's, it's the strongest linkage. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, because I mean, what what else would it be? I guess it could be a sound, but then sound can be affected by so many different things. Sound it can be, can be affected. Yeah, it oh, can sorry. be pain. Yeah, <laughs> but sound. If it's sound, are you wearing a hat? If it's pain, what did you hit the same exact receptor that the same exact pain hit earlier? I don't know, but olfactory. It's like you smell things and we can pick up on so many, so much of the minutia in a smell, like not to the degree, obviously of a bloodhound, but like we can pick up on a lot, even as these rudimentary creatures that we are. Yes, sir. I digress. Yes. All right. We're diving back in here. Back yes. to the topic. Yeah. It's just been 30 minutes. All is well. So what is color psychology? Uh, color psychology is research about how color influences human behavior and decision-making Different colors, hues, and tones bring up distinct associations. Color psychology can vary depending on personal preferences and culture. In marketing, that's the key word, in go. marketing, color can impact how buyers perceive different brands and products, so it's crucial to pick the tones that align with your business's goals and target audience. Yes. Yes. That's all. Yes. Yep, that's it. Yep, that's <laughs> enough said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean again it's kind of it's coming down to and then how is it applied though mm. because coca-cola is straight up fire engine red or whatever the i'm sure pantone has a color for it 
It's yeah. like, no, it it's not Little Red, Red Riding Hood. And you're like, okay, <laughs> calm down, Pantone. But, but uh, it's just red and white. That's it. But somehow we make those associations because of the application of that. It's in a can or on a bottle. It's got the writing in cursive. It's orient. The cursive is always orient. Well, not always, but frequently oriented vertically. So, yeah, it's it's the application as well as the use of the color. I think. So, I yeah, that's fair. There's a holistic approach to it. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so this next section is called "How Entrepreneurs Entrepreneurs." Use psychology, color psychology. <laughs> Each color has its own influence on consumers. Kevin Kaminyar, well done me, look at that, CEO of creative agency Yellow Tree Marketing, used color psychology to better target his audience. Quote, I asked my clients what popped into their head when they looked at different colors, and yellow was overwhelmingly positive. They brought up kindness, warmth, empathy, and that aligned with my brand. Kaminyar says of his process to create uh, branding for his business. Uh, Dan Antonelli, who runs marketing agency Kick Charge, looks to competitors for inspiration. We use a more research-driven approach about the use of color that's already in the market. Using color rivals have using colors rivals have not chosen can help you stand out and increase brand awareness. Creative director Hilary Weiss suggests thinking outside the traditional color wheel. When we think of the color psychology, people say, I'm going to be calm. Uh, I'm going to be a calm brand, so I'm going to use green. Or I want to be high end, so I'm going to use black. I'm a big fan of subverting those expectations. Weiss uses a colorful trio of red, blue, and yellow to establish her innovative and unique brand identity. Isn't that also the Colombian flag? <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, you know what I love the most about this is like, yeah, there's all these rules. I don't abide by those rules. I, I do know. the exact opposite. So, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think there's something to be said for all of those things. But you know, yes, using colors that rivals have not chosen to can help stand out. But I always it's take it back to the simplest thing. If you say to a child, obviously depending on the age and so on and so forth draw me a Starbucks logo. A 10-year-old child could probably do that, right? Because it's green. It's got like a face. You used to have fins, whatever. It's like a split-tailed mermaid. Who knows? But then you go draw me a Target, which is obviously just a Target. Um, so you you draw all these things. If a kid can't draw it, how are they going to do it if you use the color that's like puce or something and you want to be it's kind of pinky with a little bit of red also some yellow and you're like what how do you create that color if crayola doesn't make it in their basic 24 even well hell we'll go 64 ounce crayon box then 64 ounce 64 ounce 40 40 deuce deuce so if they're not using all these things then why and then if a kid can't draw it then are you really branding effectively I think I just quoted it, talked about tall boys and Jordan lost it. What is deuce deuce? A 22 ounce tall boy. Deuce deuce. That's branding, baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I heard what you were saying. Um, <laughs> well, but I, what I'm advocating for is if a kid can't draw it, go, mm. you have to go to the the simplest thing. Even with food, by the way. So we're talking about olfactory. And so my point here isn't to divert toward food. But sometimes I like to cook a lot. And I'm not saying I'm great at it, but I think I'm pretty good at it. So I'll put like zucchini and I'm going to saute it and whatever. And when I put herbs and the basic herbs that I'm going to put in there is going to be garlic, basil, oregano, salt, maybe a little bit of pepper. And that's what I'm going to use. But sometimes I'll get fancy and like, oh, well, tarragon has an anti-inflammatory response. Let's put some (laughs) of that in there and a little bit of this over here. And I'm going to wait 30 minutes before I add that. And it's, it's like, okay, you can over season things to the degree that it, it distorts what you're trying to accomplish. And so sometimes all you want is like salt and pepper and that brings out the flavor of the zucchini and you're, you're seeking the elemental flavors. Like white pepper does a great job of bringing out flavors and things, but not masking them. And so I feel like the same thing with salt, by the way, this is a sidebar. Stop not using salt people. What's wrong with you? You need salt to, to promote osmosis in your cells to absorb water. Stop it. Stop it. I digress. Let me yeah, step off my soapbox. Hold on one second. Your salt box. Go ahead. My salt box. <laughs> a little girl with a rainbow in it. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. the umbrella. Morton's. Yeah. Yes. Morton's. See? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's... Kosher salt. Use kosher salt, by the way. I love kosher salt. Sorry. I, anyway. uh, <clears throat> yes. Thank you for those deep insights. Yes, you um, bet. Yeah. If a child is able to draw it, it probably bodes well. Yeah. <laughs> For the longevity of your company. I was thinking as we uh, came to the color breakdown section of this article, the first color was blue. Um, I mean, I, I don't think I need to read the next part to know that uh, men typically like blue as a color. Let's see. Yeah. The first line blue ranks as the world's favorite color with men preferring it more than women uh, and brands feel the same way. That was the point. Even before reading this, that was the point I was going to get to. Uh, there was a time and I think, there's still is a time. Like when I looked at my phone and like, it's like all of these icons are blue. Yes. Like, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, even iMessages at one point had a blue icon. Um, yes. I remember that. And yes, I get that those are germane to social media, uh, and the like, but it, it, <laughs> there, there's a solid window of years there. Not too long ago where it felt like every, app in the world was using a blue icon well, like discord as a blue icon you know chase Kindle. bank paypal all these financial ones venmo chase mm. coinbase paypal paychecks insperity sofi they're all blue yeah united united has on dropbox alexa yeah. nest oh. ring uh arlo let's see let's just go through and name a bunch of stuff sports yeah, zillow yeah. Salesforce, Dropbox, Trello, Sirius XM for this three people that use Trello <laughs> that are listening Trello? to this. Trello is very popular. Okay. Coinbase wallet, Signal, Zoom, Walmart, Sales Nav. Of course, that's just LinkedIn. Yeah, there's, there's blue th- everywhere. Yeah, blue everywhere. You're welcome. Listen. Tour Eiffel Eiffel sixty five. Hold on, Tour, yeah, that was the name of the band, wasn't it? Eiffel, is it sixty five or sixty four? I'm gonna go with sixty four. This isn't N sixty four. It's Eiffel sixty five. The Italian uh, in 
Eurodance group. I thought it said Enduro sure. Dance. <laughs> Enduro Dance. That song goes on for like 17 hours. People yeah. start getting shin splints and stress fractures. So. Eiffel 65. Yeah. Well, hey, that's, yeah. Yeah. Good callback. I love it. It was great. Good work. So, yes, there's blue everywhere. It's your point. Blue, 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 blue. Yes. Blue, which doesn't always mean you're feeling blue. No. But these companies are definitely feeling blue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, I, uh, feeling I, it. <laughs> here's my challenge and and help me out here maybe you can help me from a marketing perspective right uh, clearly whether they whether these entities chase twitter facebook um serious xm whether they have done the legwork of uh, yeah what do you call that when you have like you get people into the room and you like make them uh you, you analyze focus them. groups yeah thank you yeah so whether you're doing like focus groups uh, or you're doing some sort of large scale data accumulation, acquisition, and parsing. Um, somehow they came to the conclusion that blue was the way to go. Uh, and many, many companies have chosen blue to be the primary color of yes. their logo. Uh, usually only secondary is white, mm -hmm. right? For which, whatever, instills simplicity, or it's just, you know, it's easy. Blue and white yep. look great together, right? My challenge, my struggle is, I mean, certainly there must be a reason, right, that they've all chosen this. And maybe some chose it because they thought, oh, well, Facebook put so much money into this. Surely <laughs> we don't need yeah. to do our own focus groups, right? We're just going to, and I'm not, you know, accusing any company of doing that specifically. But it makes me wonder, though, if the facts, the facts, quote, that they came to, uh, like, I mean, are... I don't know, are, are still valid or are valid across industries or, um, or, or are they even really valid for most of the population or is it, or did they just choose that color because it was, it held like men usually prefer it and they were trying to target men. I, I'm just wondering out loud how much cachet we can put into, uh, into colors. I mean, yes, it, it seems that companies have done so and, I can't say if they're working or not. Hmm. Um, right. Like I think like, okay, like behind me, right. If you can't see it's, it's like a Ferrari uh, mm -hmm. print and Ferrari. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but Ferrari is like known for being red. Yeah, right? Oh yeah. A Ferrari red. Like that's one of the top things you think of when you think red other than Coca-Cola uh, and, and blood. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like if it, yeah, Ferrari red, urgency if ferrari was blue you know i mean right they could have made a name for themselves being blue and then and then maybe we would have felt blue was urgent i, I just i'm just not sure yeah i i mean i have to think that with something like blue and why it, it, it's not particularly um sex specific i think that's important i mean it it can be we when we do like a a sex reveal or gender reveal party or something it's like blue for boys uh, pink for girls but like i i think that it's i do think that it is a calming color but it's also neutral enough i mean it's one of the most abundant colors in the like to our daily lives because it is literally the sky i mean it is overhead all the time um so i have a feeling that's part of it it's not you know if you used a lot of pink i mean pink Sure, great color. I like to wear pink, but like, I also think that it's a, 
it's a not as many people it's not as uh, um approachable i feel like by the broad swaths of the populace so maybe that's part of it i i feel like blue goes with a lot of things it matches a lot of things and maybe that's part of it like i'm sure there's something to be said for matching right um yeah, you feel like you can kind of get away with blue with a lot of complementary colors to it. And maybe that, I mean, looking at a color wheel, which I don't have in front of me, but maybe there's something to that where the complements to pink might be blue or what have you. So blue is an anchor color, I feel like, I think, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining um, a lot of dress codes. Yes. Uh, and dress codes usually call for, <clears throat> you know, Obviously, we're, we're not talking about when you need to wear a tuxedo or when you need to wear um, because tuxedos are black, right? It's black and white and the ladies get to wear something else. They don't they don't have to wear the tuxedos. Yes. Uh, but but any dress code that's slightly below that, there's an implication of, you know, like you need navy pants, mm-hmm. navy pants or khaki, navy or khaki, you know, and then button down. But it's it makes you it makes me wonder, right? Were, were these dress codes uh, influenced by marketing or by color psychology or perhaps were they influenced by like the availability of materials? And that, that could be a two. Because again, like how much of this goes back to how easy is it to make blue? And I don't know. I mean, blue came from indigo. As far as I understand, blue, actual blue dye and paint was expensive and like difficult to come by. And I don't know if I'm sure it came from flour or something like that, but you could probably make it from, like you said, clams. I mean, you can make the color, what is it? Um, the color green comes from somehow purple cabbage or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. So it's, by the way, slight sidebar, which again, everybody, we are not known for. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, Deuce cover, your, co- cover your ears. For all those small children listening to this marketing <laughs> podcast. Cover your ears. There's a comedy duo called Stucky and Murray, and they make a thing called the Fuxedo. <laughs> it's a tuxedo that you can tear away the whole thing. <laughs> it's just Velcro's. <laughs> it's like one piece. Sorry, I digress. Um, I'm digressing a lot. There's a lot of digression happening. There's but a lot of, yes. yeah, I yeah. I, I think that looking at this in, in this particular picture, and again, if you if you are a subscriber or just finding us, please check the show notes, uh, whether it's in the description on YouTube or Spotify or whatever, because we'll put a link to this article. And you can see here that even within shades, tints, and tones of blue, right, it they elicit different types of uh, responses, right? So these this particular thing is saying they're shades that have more loyalty they're a little deeper a little darker a little more royal right although it seems that social the upper right of social this is they're kind of wheels of shades mm-hmm. um shares some with the upper left of loyal interestingly um and respectful so that royal blue that makes sense that social media companies chose that one because it goes across loyal respectful and social um with intense and terror. It's, it's very interesting the way that all these things are happening. But again, like, why are they happening? Is it, is what's, is it a chicken or egg situation? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a great question. Purple. Let's talk about purple. So purple symbolizes royalty and superiority. 
This is why I wear so much purple. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, in the Roman Empire, high-ranking officials were Tyrian purple, which cost more than gold at the time. Mm-hmm. Queen, I have a fun fact about something that has nothing to do with this that I will of tell you in a moment. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth I even banned anyone outside, anyone outside the royal family from wearing purple. So don't get in a fight. You know, black eye, turn all purple. <laughs> Due to these ancient associations. Which is also banned. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No punching. Stop it. <laughs> purple generates a wise, wealthy, and sophisticated aura. Brands can use the color to signal a superior service product or experience. But purple can also represent decadence, moodiness, and excess. So take care to strike a balance, no pun intended, when using this color. Since purple has a more feminine association, Hallmark uses the tone as a nod to its predominantly fem- female audience. The TV channel also leverages the color to convey its unique offering of movies. Only a few brands use purple, so the color can make a company stand out. Yeah, I can't think of a single brand that uses purple that I'm Bar- like, purple. <laughs> Barney, but that's not a brand. <laughs> it's not a brand. It's like Grimace is not a brand. <laughs> It's a rotund yeah. puppet. Maybe it should be. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah no. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Crown Royal, of course. Crown Royal, that's fair. But uh, what I was Royal. going to say is that at one time, <laughs> around the 1860s, aluminum was more valuable than gold. It therefore is at the capstone of the Washington Monument is aluminum right before the market shit the bed. And now it's just... <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's worth like 68 bucks. <laughs> sorry. But per se, perceived value at the time. Yes. Sorry. Exponential. Yeah, I don't, I mean, purple, I guess it is beautiful. It stands out. But again, it's much more floral. I, I feel like it's mm-hmm. a, a, I mean, it's not far off of pink, to be very honest with you. And it, it elicits, it's a much more niche color. I feel like it's also an accent color. It's not really an anchor color. What are you wearing with that? You don't go, oh, my purple pants. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Typically, unless you're Prince. Um, right, yes. 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 Paisley Park. God rest. Hey, RIP, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like who else? Yeah, who else is doing purple? FedEx. But it's like. It's part of. It's it's purple and orange. Yeah. Let me look through my logos here. The Lakers. No. The Lakers are purple. The Lakers are purple. Taco Bell. Purple and pink. Yeah. Ally Bank is like mm. not really purple, but kind of Rakuten. They use purple. Yahoo Fantasy Sports uses purple. <laughs> yeah, Cadbury, the eggs. Cadbury, do they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's them. Uh, Public Square, Public SQ, they use it. Pi Shop, the Shop app, that's purple. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Hey everybody, let's listen to a podcast where Brandon and Jordan look through their phones. <laughs> we yeah, so the reality is, yeah, purple yes. I think there's an opportunity zone here. Yep. Right. Not a lot of people are using purple. Um probably for some good reasons. Yeah. It, it can be hard. <clears throat> Perhaps there's not a lot of complementary colors to purple. Maybe. I don't know. But yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Good times. Moving on to orange. Right. Orange. You know what rhymes with that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Are Sorry. we sure about that? Is that an absolute fact? Um, squorange. Squir- oh, it. of course. Orange squirrels. Yeah, of course. Orange squirrels. 
Orange. This bright color conveys confidence, creativity, and courage. And because of its fun nature, it works well with non-corporate brands. Non-corporate brands? Is any... Help me help me uh, dissect that. How can a company a company I associate with being corporate? I but don't perhaps there's a delineation know. there. Yeah. Maybe. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. Anyway. Orange also produces a warm feeling since it's associated with the sun. Yes. The color also has some not so sunny connotations. It can generate feelings of frustration, deprivation, and sluggishness. It may come across as immature or ignorant. Really? It's the difference between Hermes and Cheetos. <laughs> wow, that's a that's bold fair. <laughs> parallel. Uh, Nickelodeon's iconic splat is one of the most well-known orange logos, since orange drums up feelings of creativity in, and even immaturity. It matches their wacky programming and quirky branding. Only a company with an orange aesthetic could house shows like SpongeBob SquarePants, and the wild thornberries. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I see orange. I feel like orange stands out very well. And it's a it's a cautionary color. I mean, that's why vests and things are orange. It's also very visible. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, it's Home Depot. HubSpot themselves, where this article is. HubSpot yeah. is definitely orange. Orange um, theory. Kayak. Mm. You know, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Etsy. Orange. Um yeah. Contact mapping, JBL, at least their app is orange. Strava, if you know Strava, um, for those. For the running running community? For, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot there. It's interesting. Um, I like orange, actually. Overcast, Me? where you may be listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. You should be. Audible. Audible, yeah. First Bank. Yeah. First Bank, indeed. There aren't very many, though, I will say. Yeah, um, true. Like, I think there's that's an, a growth opportunity as well. Purple, orange. I mean, yeah, Home Depot, go, they crush it. Purple and orange. Isn't that Clemson's colors? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Yeah. Purple Tide. Roll roll Purple Tide. Don't you know? Sure. No. Hold on. <laughs> Clemson <laughs> colors. I'm going to look this up. Yeah. Get at it. Uh, they're like the fighting tigers or something? Uh, no. They're the... Yeah, look. They're tigers. Clemson. Purple and orange, baby. Yeah, Clemson Tigers. Gia. Yeah, interesting. Mm. I like mm. orange. I like I mean, orange too. Yeah. I, I wonder, um, I mean, not to not to get stuck on this, but I uh in <laughs> our our time is continuing into the future. Uh but yes, deprivation, deprivation. I, I really wonder um how orange has ever been associated with deprivation. It makes me very curious. Yeah, how do you or sluggishness? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get immaturity, perhaps ignorance, um, but maybe that's just because I associate it with Nickelodeon. And I, if I hadn't thought of Nickelodeon, I wouldn't feel those ways about it. Um, maybe interesting, weird. Should we take one more color? Yes, let's do it. Ooh, which color do you want? Pick a color. Any color. It's not orange or purple. <laughs> I like red. So red was my favorite color when I was a kid and my mom put up these big red curtains in my bedroom and then she was like, I never should put those curtains up. He's so hyper. <laughs> Thanks. You said was your favorite color. It's your ex favorite color. I don't really have favorite color. I like colors. I, I don't really have a favorite one, I guess. I don't know. 
I don't really care. <laughs> My daughter <laughs> okay. asks me all the time. She's like, what's your favorite fill in the blank? And I'm like, yeah. I don't have a favorite. I do have favorite food, but I just don't have it. She's like, what's your favorite ice cream? And I was like, I don't eat enough ice cream enough to give a crap. I just don't care. <laughs> and that way, I, I, although I do not like chocolate ice cream. Weird, right? Um, but I don't have a favorite because that way you can't be disappointed. Just saying. Oh, that sounds very that? stoic of you. Yes. Just call me Marcus Aurelius. Brandon <laughs> Aurelius. <laughs> I will call you that. That's right. Um, this powerful color is associated with excitement, energy, power, fearlessness, and passion. Passion. In sales, call to action buttons use red to empower shoppers to convert because it exudes a sense of urgency. Red can also have a physical impact. The color makes people hungry. However, red can foster negative feelings just as powerfully. It represents anger, warnings, danger, defiance, aggression, and pain. Red police lights warn drivers to pull over, while stop signs force drivers to halt. Disney's Inside Out even represents anger as a fiery red creature. In branding, red works when used in the right context. For example... Coca-Cola has chosen the color as its signature for decades. Red encourages buyers to consume its beverage products, and it aligns with the company's exciting branding. Its current motto is, quote, real magic. Is it really? Who knew? As of last year. Yeah. So red, I like red. Again, these are, what apart from blue, where I feel like blue is that anchor color that can kind of go with anything, Red, not necessarily, although it goes, I mean, I guess with a lot, but it, it is certainly the passion and energy and fearlessness and excitement and all that stuff. But for me, a big, um, there's almost a, this is me personally, a familial element to it. Yeah. Because it's a Christmas thing. Mm, like, yes. and it's a poinsettia and it's whatever, candy canes, you know, all that stuff. So I actually like that. And I wonder what that is because those tones, the bold, so we got bold, adventurous, and energetic shades, tints, and tones. Uh, the bold kind of shades tend to remind me more of Christmas. And I don't quite know why that reminds me of that. So anyway, I love red. Yes, I love red. I would say, uh, yeah, my favorite color was historically blue. Then I woke up one day. Yeah, I took the red <laughs> pill. There you uh, go. And, <laughs> and I, I was like, whoa, wait, everybody's wearing blue. I'd look in my closet. I'm like, everything is blue. And yeah. then I'd look to buy new shirts. And it's like, it's hard. It's hard without spending significant amounts of money to find very vibrant, vivid colors. Yes. Um, because that's, that's the nature of the beast, right? They're more expensive to make uh, those, those items. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like a, a red, black and white guy. You know, for sure. Oh. Red's the accent. Oh, where did Jordan go? No, no. Well, oh, you cut out for a second. Sorry. Well, you're you froze. Back. I can still hear you, bro. <laughs> okay, yes. go, go. Sorry. Yes, it's a red. Whatever, red. I like red. It is bold. It is bold. It is. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to push back a little bit against HubSpot's wording in the sentence. Red will. Uh, Stop signs, red stop signs, force drivers to halt. I don't think a color can, or a sign can force you to do anything. Right? Yes. It's a, but I understand. They're trying to use forceful language for a forceful color. Um, well, and it stands out because it's against a blue sky. I mean, ostensibly, that's 
that's the deal, right? It's against the blue sky. It or is there. green trees or grass. Yes. Or... If there were green stop signs, it would not go well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Blue stop signs. Is that see-through? <laughs> is this just the word written in stop written in white on the sky? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, there's there's a lot to unpack here. And yeah. I think we've only scratched the surface. Uh, and we've opened up many cans of partially we'll eaten worms. Oh, oh well, there. Well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like where you went with that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, well, well, thank you. Thank you, guys, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Jace. Um, and, yeah, please, if you like what you're hearing, if you like who you're seeing, don't forget to share, like, subscribe, whether that's on YouTube or Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you consume. That's and right. We don't want you to just be consumers, as a reminder, right? Please, if you have questions, shoot us, uh, of, of course, all the emails that we get to podcast at trimonda.com. Um, we are so overwhelmed that it can be very difficult to sift through but the cream always finds a way to rise. That's why we don't top. read any emails because we don't want to make anybody <laughs> upset. <laughs> we just make everybody upset. <laughs> That's right. Email us or we'll send you something red in the mail and <laughs> yeah. make you feel anger and defiance. <laughs> Especially if it's Valentine's Day. But then we'll send some orange to counteract it with sluggishness <laughs> somehow. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> don't give away our secrets. No, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Um, thank you very much, Jordan. It is a pleasure as always. I, I like, I really enjoy getting into kind of the whys of all these things because, you know, we, we read books and articles and things and it's going well because this does this, because this color means this. Well, why? Like it doesn't ever answer the question why. And so I, I enjoy getting into some of these things. And so I, I guess kind of my big takeaway from these things is when somebody is putting together brand or even a rebrand think about what you're doing and, and look, there's an entire conversation to be had, had around uh, logos, right? Um, <clears throat> because there are so many people that go, oh, I want to do this logo because my kid drew this or whatever. I've seen a bunch of those. They're cute, but they're never going to hit on a national level. Like I'll give you a great example and I'm sure I'm going to piss somebody off by doing this, but I will preface it to say that this is the greatest sandwich shop ever and it's Snarfs. Have you ever seen their logo? <laughs> yeah. I went to Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like a three or they were just walking down the street and they're like, Hey kid, can you come draw us a logo? And some kid did for a sandwich. And they were like, Oh, well mate, what colors would you have in there? And the kid was like, who cares? <laughs> And then just smash some crayons onto a <laughs> stick figure drawing. That's the Snarfs logo. Love you, Snarfs. Your sandwiches are amazing. I did. True story. By the way, look up Snarfs if you're listening. S-N-A-R-F-S sandwiches <laughs> based out of Colorado. I don't know where their OG shop was, but Boulder probably. I don't know, but their logo is a fever dream. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> so my, I guess my point is that when you're, when you're for your, for dear listener, for your business, when you're doing it, when you're putting it together, make it something that has those elements. It's a bold color. Um, maybe an anchor color, maybe not. I mean, if you want to stand out, certainly don't make it blue because it's not going to happen or make blue a kind of side, side along color, you know, really stand out and keep your designs and application of that color um, 
I, I think the way that I think about it is elemental, you know, uh, the more we get it, everything today, by the way, is gradients, as you know, like look at every logo on the planet right now. And it's like, how can we do a gradient in a smoothie <laughs> wipe across shot? Something, somebody got in, got all drunk and got on Photoshop. And we're like, watch this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 16 yeah. bits. Hey, Dolly, draw me a logo <laughs> that does this thing. Hey, mid journey. Anyway. I digress. Don't use AI kids yeah. to generate your logo. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to piggyback on that real fast. Um, yes, yeah, I, I think there's there's the risk of developing a logo primarily based upon how you, as the logo designer, how you think people are going to feel, how you as the company want your logo to make people feel when they see it. Yes. And I think that's, only part of the equation. Ultimately, you as an as an individual, as a graphic designer, as whomever is creating or is you know offering up ideas or money to make this thing exist. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, we do not have control over what other people feel yes. about looking at the logo. Um, so, I guess in my mind, yes, sure, you know, certain colors are associated with certain things, but. Uh, Yes. I think at the end of the day, you should make the logo that you want <laughs> and that may be unique um, from others in your space. Mm -hmm. And perhaps in my, in my mind, right, you could, there's no right or wrong way, really. But right. in, in my mind, it, you, there may be more value out of doing that than doing a feelings first approach to, to yes. logo design. But what do I, I know? That's the thing with marketing in general. And we've had this discussion before. It's like, you're not marketing for you. You're the business owner, decision maker, you're internal somehow. You're marketing for the people that you want to reach. So make it a practical thing. Like, what do you want them to feel? How do you want it to recognize? And yes, make the logo that you want because two things can be true at once. But don't let your own biases cloud that sort of judgment, I guess would be what I'm saying there. So there you go. Beautiful. Take that from Brandon Aurelius, <laughs> Esquire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Squarange over there. Squarange. Jordan, thank you so much, man. Yes. Thank you. Thank you as always. Really do appreciate your participation. It just wouldn't be the same without you. It probably wouldn't. You'd be talking about, <laughs> you'd be sidebarring <laughs> about completely different things. You would not know that aluminum was on the top of the Monu Washington Monument and Albrecht Durer did some woodcut carvings. Albrecht Durer, kids, look him up. It's kind of beautiful. And when you consider that those wood carvings are made in reverse and then pressed on paper, wild stuff. Anyway, by the way, That's this it. is episode 125, everybody. I don't think we said that to episode begin with. 25, yeah. 125. 125? No, just kidding. Episode 25. <laughs> Where have I been? <laughs> you were asleep. I recorded like 100 of them. <laughs> by myself you should hear those tangents yeah, I would like I would it's I'd really a street you want to talk about a fever dream <laughs> it's a stream of consciousness nonsense all right awesome. thank yes. you Jordan thank you Brandon and thank you all our loyal listeners for your patience until next time peace, peace.